Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. We're calling us today Faithful to the Faithful God. I want to say welcome to 2022. I don't know what your posture is this morning, what you're feeling about today. Maybe you're um, looking forward or maybe you're looking over your shoulder at the last year. Maybe you're looking up. Maybe you're looking down. Maybe your head's in the sand because you don't want to think about anything. A year ago, having come through the first nine months of the pandemic uh, and a brutal election season, many of us, me included, were feeling pretty rattled about everything. And I recall sharing my honest belief that 2021 would be in some ways worse or more challenging than 2020. And in many ways, I was right. But it's also been a confusing time. Uh, you know, the stock market is doing better today than it was a year ago, but your money is worth less because of record inflation. Uh, you're, uh, you know, the pandemic, which we were promised would be, you know, eradicated with all our interventions has taken more lives and and interrupted your life in more ways. And you may have lost a loved one this coming, uh, you know, Saturday, for example, we'll hold a memorial service here for former Pastor Ed Willems at our church who succumbed to COVID-19. You were holding on to unity as a church, but when we look around us, we see things are as divided as ever. It's challenging. And no matter how optimistic you are, and I'll be honest, I have a little bit of an Eeyore bent, a little pessimistic at times, but no matter how optimistic you are, the coming year will have challenges every time, every season does, right? And, and in every house needs a foundation. Every boat needs an anchor. Every tree needs roots. Every goal needs a plan. And so as we think about this, what's yours? What's your foundation or your anchor or your, your roots or your plan? to move into this year successfully. As believers, we're on a mission to make Jesus known. And the, the first way that happens in your life, in your world, is that your very life is a testimony. Right? Your life is different than the people around you. It doesn't look the same as everyone else's does. You don't panic or wallow in fear or in those sorts of things because you have a hope in this life and for the life to come. Your hope's not in this world. Now, I don't have any problem telling you I've made lots of mistakes in my life. Many. It, even including in the past year or two. I've panicked when I should have prayed. I've spoken when I should have stayed silent. I've stayed silent when I should have spoken up. At times I've wavered in my faith and wondered, God, can we really trust you? Are you really there for us in this time? But I've learned there is a sure way to remain connected to my foundation, to stay chained to my anchor, to remain rooted. And it's this, it's to exalt the Lord my God in all circumstances. As I prayed about how to start this year as a church, sort of what sort of theme to head into 2022, I was impressed with the word faithful, just that word faithful. And that's going to be 
kind of a theme word for the year. Today we're starting a message series just called Faithful. And we'll talk about what that means in a variety of ways. And a theme verse for the year is found in Psalm 145, verse 10, which says, All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. Now, praise is is an incredible remedy. In fact, Johnny, let's leave that verse up just for a moment. I want to make a comment about it. Praise is an incredible remedy for our fears and our faithless moments. To extol, now there's a good word. I looked it up on dictionary.com. Just means to lift up. And it literally said college level. I'm like, oh yeah, I am moving up. I am using a college level word. So, you know, some of you are feeling pretty equipped right now. Uh, right? To extol, to lift up the Lord very quickly reminds me of God's dependable character and of my hope in Him. Praise pins my narcissism to the mat, right? It gets my head in the game. Praise lowers my blood pressure. And if you're going to get through the challenges and the opportunities of 2022, praise needs to be an integral part of your life. And one of the great psalms of praise is Psalm 145. And so we're going to read it together this morning, a little different than we normally do this. And then I'll make a few comments about it. So while I don't normally put the scriptures on screen, because I want you to get in the habit of bringing your own Bible to church. Um, we're going to read from the NIV from the screen, or you can read it in your Bible. I'm going to read the odd numbers. That means one, three, five, seven, nine, eleven, and so on. And you're going to read the even numbers, two, four, six, eight, and so on. And um, let's stand again, if we're able to, for the reading of God's word this morning. Psalm 145 begins like this. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. And you read. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. But all the wicked he will destroy. Let's read this last one together. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. 
Let every creature praise His holy name forever and ever. We thank the Lord for His Word. Let's be seated together. I, I love all the strong declarations in this psalm, right? The psalmist is just bold about his commitments and he's unapologetic for the Lord's character. You could say that David the psalmist is faithful to the faithful God. His praise is not out of convenience or duty or obligation. He proclaims right there in verse 2, he says, Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. And so... Applying this little chapter to our coming year of 2022, I want to make a few suggestions about how to head into a new year and apply this passage. First, to be faithful to the faithful God, you want to check out who is the king of your life. Check who is the king of your life. Now, you don't get to choose your president. You can cast a ballot, but it's not really up to you. You don't get to choose your governor, right? You you may not even get to choose your doctor. But you do get to choose who is the king of your life. Verse 1, David declares, I will exalt you, my God, the king. I will praise your name forever and ever. Verse 1. And And I have to keep coming back to this in my life. I think we all do. In this question, like, who is the, who's the king? Who's on the throne of my life? Am I playing king? Is it, is it money? Is it my occupation? Is it fear? Is it other people? Is it distractions? Like, who's in charge in my life? What do I give all my time and attention to? Where do I turn when, when, a, when a problem comes up? Right? Or, or if you can't relate to the monarch king on the throne metaphor, how about a driving illustration, right? Who's, who's in the driver's seat of your life? Who's in the driver's seat of your life? Because if there's anything we've learned in the last couple of years, it's that, that we're not nearly as in control of things as we'd like to believe. Isn't that true? Just when you think, oh, okay, okay, we got this figured out. Something changes. Someone gets quarantined. Someone like, oh. You're constantly adjusting. We're not as free as we'd like to think. We, we, we live by a lot of rules. And even when you do have a choice, get this, there's plenty of people who will tell you what you should do. Right? Don't you just love it when someone who uh, has no credibility in your area of expertise tells you how to do your job? It's just so fun, isn't that? Just the greatest thing. We're not really in control. And the reality is there is a throne or a driver's seat in your heart and it is never vacant. It is never vacant. That place of authority and control in your heart. Someone or something is sitting on that throne right now and you get to choose who. If it's something that should be, shouldn't be there, you get to kick it out. And so my kind of opening salvo for the year is to, to take an inner inventory and check who's on the throne. Who's the king in my life today? Who or what is in control? Now, that's the first thing. The second thing is, I think really looking at this and to flourish in 2022, no matter what comes our way, 
we can join the voices of praise. Join the voices of praise. What do I mean by that? Well, there's multiple voices in this psalm. The first, of course, is this personal voice of, of praise. David says, verse 1, I will exalt. He goes on to say, like, my mouth will speak. Every day I will praise. Right? It's this personal challenge, and we're invited to do the same. Naturally, we're, we're called to say, kind of make that personal. Like, I will do this. I will praise. I will worship. But we do so because we're not alone, actually. And so there are other voices mentioned here too. Verses of four and following, right? We read this. It says, one generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. The generations. He goes on to say the generations commend. They tell. They speak. They celebrate. If you just go down the list of what the one generation does. Now, typically, that's the older generation speaking to a younger generation. That's kind of the intent of how that's done. But sometimes it also goes the other way. Sometimes our children speak to us and challenge us and remind us of who God is. There's been a lot of hand-wringing among Christian leaders, particularly in in North America, in the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, that that people are leaving the church, especially the 20 and 30-somethings. They're just kind of, they're leaving. It's not, there's kind of, it's more nuanced than that. There's more to it than a simple statistics. But previously in times of crisis, let's say at 9-11 or in previous times of war and so on, people turn to God and return to the church. We're just reading an article about this in a Pew Research study that, that shows like this kind of dramatic tailing off and comparing it to, you know, 20 years ago, 9-11, as people kind of rushed into the church to find hope and support. Uh, but what's happened in COVID is that people found an excuse to actually leave the church. Many people who didn't really want to be there just said, oh, this is my chance to, to, to jump out. And, and authorities who typically would lean to the church to say, hey, help us, we need you, kind of ignored the community value of, of the church. And so... While in other countries, many particularly in this younger age group, I say younger because I'm older now, right? Many in this age group are the ones leaving Islam or leaving socialism. While many of our millennials are leaving Christ and turning to socialism or Eastern spiritual practices and so on. Religion isn't dead, by the way. Religion's not dead. Even if you watch the movies, right? Um, like... Just most movies have some spiritual themes to it. You know, Marvel and DC have resurrected all the gods and go- pantheon of gods and goddesses of, of old. We're fascinated with it. The, the God of the Bible, however, is viewed as irrelevant. Why? Because they don't know of his goodness. It hasn't been declared from one generation to another. I, at least that's what I think. It could be that that those of us in older generations got busy making a comfortable life for ourselves and we forgot to, as David says, commend God's works to the next generation. We need to be doing that. If, we've, if we have failed, we, we need to repent and make a change. So we join the voices of praise. All the, the generations are a voice and there's other voices as well. Again, verse 10, all your works praise you. Lord, your faithful people extol you. Well, just in my own, I had a kind of an interesting, fun week. We got out a little bit. 
and uh, saw some stuff over the past week. I've marveled at crashing waves and an ocean sunset and a sky full of stars and snow-capped mountains and bright sunshine and dark clouds and wildlife on the run and lush green fields and more. I'm sure you saw many of the same things that I did. And I was reminded that all your works praise you, God. I just, when I see those things, I just feel like I'm joining into something that's already happening. That those, that worship is already going on and I just get to, to slip right in and be a part of it. When you lift your voice in praise, you're joining with a loud chorus already glorifying God. This morning I sang with you. We sang together, right? You are, as what, what David describes, the faithful people extolling the Lord. And so I personally, I find it easier to worship when I know I'm not alone. When we do this together, we want to join the voices of praise. And here's, here's why it matters, I really believe. Here's why it matters so much. The reality is that you're perpetually bombarded with lots of other things that aren't praise, Right? Uh, distractions and, and, and even deceptions, let's say, uh, through media and culture. And praising God helps remind you of what is true. You know, we know, we know friends or others like who, who have kind of turned their back on God's word. Christians who do that don't do so because they stopped believing in God. They stop believing about God. They stop believing about, you know, what is true of God. And they stop believing what God has done and what God has said. And so, you know, the enemy's oldest tactic is to get you to disbelieve what God has said, what he has spoken, right? When we refer back to the garden, as we talked about a few moments ago, the serpent in the garden didn't begin with a lie or a temptation, but with a question of doubt. The first words that we have from the, from the enemy, from the serpent in the garden, is a question. Did God really say? It wasn't a temptation. It wasn't an accusation or a lie. It was just, just a question. Just, a, just inject a little doubt, a little suspicion, a little uncertainty. Into what God has said. Did God really say? He still does that. He still does that all the time. And praising God keeps us in truth because we can say, yes, God really did say, I am faithful. I am good. I will provide. I will care for you. Right? So in 2022, make it your practice to join the voices of praise. Third thing, to, to make 2022 a year of favor, just looking at this Psalm 145, is to, is to marvel at the good character of God. Marvel at the good character of God. I, I just think this Psalm does an amazing job of summarizing some of why we praise God. Right? According to this, and if you just kind of skim through, we see it's because He is unfathomably great. In other words, you can't even describe all of God's greatness. It's beyond what we can grasp. 
He does mighty acts and wonderful works. He's majestic and powerful and good and righteous. And we're reminded that the Lord is trustworthy and faithful and that he upholds and feeds and satisfies and fulfills and hears and saves and watches. And he deals with the wicked. He is faithful forever. And embedded right in the heart of the psalm, you see in verses 8 and 9, we're told this, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all He has made. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all He has made. Right down to the bird flying through your backyard. I watched some birds perched on a power line yesterday, day before yesterday, and I, I just marveled. I thought, God knows about those birds and He cares for them. Surely He can care for me too. Right? He's gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all and He has compassion on all He has made. Now, probably the number one rebuttal to faith in God, and no doubt you've heard it many times from others, and you've probably asked it yourself, if you're honest, is the problem of evil. Which is essentially the question, if God is good, why does He allow evil? If God is good, why do bad things happen? You see someone suffer terrible loss and tragedy. You think about, you know, those just those folks in, in Colorado today who are looking at their the ashes of what was their home. Or something far worse. You think about, uh, you know, a child, you know, trafficked into the sex trade or something like that. You think that's just so horrible and so evil. And you think what kind of God would stand by and let this happen? What? Like it, here's where we get really presumptuous. If I was God, I'm just going to say, let's never finish that sentence because we don't know. But it, it even makes you wonder, is there a conflict within the very nature of God? Right? For example, does His mercy deny justice sometimes? Or does His patience also promote evil? No, there is no conflict. First of all, because God's ways are higher than our ways. We do not see the whole picture. Now, we could go way down this rabbit trail, but let me just try to hit it with just a few thoughts on this, this challenge. First, on this problem of evil, remember that God sees all of time and eternity and we see but a moment. We see this little period of time, even if it's human history. But God sees everything. And in the long term, God will deal justly with every person and every situation, though not necessarily in this life. That's hard for us to accept. But at the end, we're going to say, oh, God, you did it right. You did it perfectly. I get it now. So God sees all of time and eternity, and he will deal with it in the right time. Second, God has granted each of us the will to act or to respond to the actions of others as we choose. And that includes the freedom to act wickedly as well as to love and to forgive and to serve. And, and for me to have the freedom to be kind, I also have to 
have the freedom to be wicked. It's how, it's how freedom works. It's how your will works. Third, the experience of pain can be a crucible of learning and growth if we'll invite God to make something beautiful of it. Romans 8.28 For we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And lastly, we live in a world, quite honestly, under the power of the evil one, the devil, and his mission is to deceive and to steal and to kill and destroy. And he does that well. And sometimes God steps in and puts a halt. Sometimes God rescues out of those situations in a miraculous ways. But very often we live with the problem of evil and pain so that we can turn to God and say, God, you are good. I have no hope, but my hope in you. That's where we turn. That's where we go with it. And that doesn't answer the problem of grief and loss and crazy things like cancer and violence and murder. It doesn't answer all those things. But we cling to God who is good. The problem of evil does not undermine the goodness of God. Uh, Connor, I'm going to invite you and the worship team to come back and lead us in one closing song in just a moment. I think we have an amazing year ahead of us. I, <laughs> I think it's going to be harder than 2021. But I think it's going to be amazing. Jesus has not yet appeared to gather us home. So, we are still here on mission for Him. And I think you'll have some tough decisions to make in this coming year. Just like every other year. And you're going to have some amazing opportunities. Just like in other years. And I believe God is pruning and purifying His church so that we're ready for the things to come. So that we're ready for this sort of book of revelation kind of stuff. I think God is doing a work of preparing us. And we want to be a part of that purification. I believe God wants to take us deeper into trusting Him and following Him. And so, I just come back to those questions that we just talked about. Like, will you choose to surrender completely the throne of your heart to the Lord God. And trust me, it's a daily surrender. Jesus says, take up my cross. Take up your cross daily. Because there's all kinds of others that want to get on that throne. At least in my heart, there's all kinds of stuff. And it's a daily challenge to say, no, Jesus, you're the king. And I wonder if you and I can join the voices of praise of of the writers of the Psalms, of all creation around us, of God's faithful people. We worship together. We praise together. That helps us do that effectively. And then lastly, to just to marvel at the character of God's goodness. To just to marvel at who God is. Say, wow, God. And if you come this morning with some big hurdle, you think this is too hard. It's too painful. I, I don't know how to manage this. All I can tell you is the testimony 
of many people through the years who have said, in those hardest times, I can look back and see God was there with me. He helped me when it seemed impossible. When I was giving up, I didn't realize God was holding me close. Some of you shared something like that just last Sunday. It was cool. We're going to sing a song that I love a lot. Goodness of God. It's just a declaration that says, I will sing of God's goodness. Let's do that now. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com.